It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, happy Monday. How are you? What's going on, man? So uh, this is not NBA related, but uh, what Austin and I were just talking about. Uh, we have a coworker that said he would eat his hat if a player didn't transfer to Utah State, and that player did not transfer to Utah State. Would you hold a coworker accountable for for that bet? Oh yeah, I mean there was <laughs> there was a story. It must have been like ten years ago now about the the beat writer in Chicago who uh, wrote in a column or column in Chicago, I guess, that wrote, like, if Joakim Noah pans out or becomes like an all-star, I don't know what it was, he'll eat the column. And he actually did it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, if you, if you say something and you're willing to stake your name and reputation on it, you've got to uh, uh, not welch on it. It's bad news for you, Jay Catch, if you're listening out there. We all agree. Let's see, you're going to have to slap some barbecue sauce on that hat, and uh, down it goes. Um, Chris, want to ask you, uh, of course, or, or go into the Jazz and, and talk NBA with you. Um, Jazz lose a tough one to Minnesota on Saturday. They have the T-Wolves uh, again tonight. And Minnesota played really well on Saturday, Chris. And I guess I'll ask you, how is their record as bad as it is? I mean – they're kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 like, yeah, a few games notwithstanding, they have been, I think, still the worst team in the NBA, if not one of the bottom two. Um, their defense isn't great. They, they have had some injury issues that have, you know, been problematic for them along the way, but they're, they're still leaky in several areas. The guys you have to worry about, of course, are Towns and Anthony Edwards. And, but beyond that, if you slow them down, you can generally slow – the Timberwolves down. So I, I, you know, I saw the Timberwolves a couple of times when they made a trip East uh, recently. And, um, and I, you, you like a couple of pieces on that roster, but it's not like I am overwhelmed by the talent there. So uh, <laughs> I think if the jazz lose twice to Minnesota, that uh, that's not a good sign for the team going to the playoffs. I couldn't agree more, but they played this pressure defense against the jazz on Saturday, which they played against him in the second game of the season. And the jazz equally had problems with that. Anthony Edwards looked awesome. Carl Anthony Towns had a great game. D'Angelo Russell, who apparently is only good when playing the Utah jazz had 23 points coming off the bench. It was just one of those things. The jazz didn't play well either, but I, I came away with the impression like how is Minnesota the second worst team in the league? They well, maybe for, they just caught it that night. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you you get teams that you know try to rest guys against them, and and don't and you just naturally look at their record and say, oh, we're gonna this is an easy one, it's a W on the schedule. And sometimes teams can can catch you. So you know, if, if tonight the Jazz get beat again uh, at home by Minnesota, that you might see them out running laps, you know, at the practice facility uh, Tuesday morning because that that won't be uh, won't be a good sign. Give me your overall take on Anthony Edwards as long as we're bringing him up uh, as the number one pick. What do you think the ceiling is like for that guy? You know, really talented offensive player. Um, still not seeing yet the diversity in his game, but that's fine. I mean, for a rookie, um, you you don't have too many expectations for, as far as depth in game. What's going to be most interesting to me, and look, we've talked about this before, that the award ballot this year is just wild. I mean, it's you know, from coach of the year to 
I think MVP is pretty solidified for Nikola Jokic at this point. But Rookie of the Year is one of the more interesting uh, ballots because up until when LaMelo Ball went out of the lineup, he was a lock to to win that award. Now, he may come back and probably will come back in the next week to 10 days. But, you know, Anthony Edwards has been on a tear as of the last, you know, four to six weeks. Like, he has been been filling up. I don't know his exact numbers, but he has been playing out of his mind offensively uh, over the last month. And I wonder if he's done enough to close the gap, given the number of games he's played, and surpass LaMelo Ball. Now, I'm not sure he has on my ballot, but the way Anthony Edwards has played offensively, he's he's really become, uh, I think, a big factor in that race. The Jazz take on the Suns on Friday, uh, Chris, and the Suns did the Jazz a favor by losing to uh, to Brooklyn yesterday, which made that loss to Minnesota not quite as painful. But the Jazz now currently uh, still up two games on the Phoenix Suns. How important is that game on Friday going to be in your mind uh, when it comes to determining the best team in the West? No, oh, I, I think it's it's huge. Um, you know, I, I, again, like you. It may not be the difference maker in in the standings, but um, you know, just those types of head-to-head matchups. I mean, they're, they're real barometers, and and they can have an impact on a team as they go into the playoffs. Like if we're matched up with our conference rival and and we play great, I mean, their confidence is going to be overwhelming. If they're matched up with their conference rival and they get smoked, well, it goes the other direction. So I, I don't know that necessarily it's it, it is of course impactful in the standings. You add another game one way or the other. But I, I just think from a confidence, a morale, uh, whatever you want to fr- phrase it, from that standpoint, it, it's just far more impactful. I, I just think you're going to – you'll give yourself a real shot in the arm going to the playoffs if you handle uh, your the, you know, the next team behind you in the standings in a positive way. I mean, I, I think that's more important than, than what that game will matter towards. Mike Conley has played extraordinarily well, Chris. He's averaged almost 10 assists a game over the last five games and, uh, you know, just looks like he's really coming into his own. What is it, I guess, can it actually be a good thing if you get a team and players playing really well without their star, say Donovan Mitchell, get them kind of their their games going and then add that star back in? I guess I'm never saying an injury is good, don't get me wrong, but can they kind of play it to their advantage that way by getting other guys going? Yeah, it can be. I think the flip side of that coin is you want to have as many minutes as possible with your rotation set because that is among the most important things for any team uh, going to the playoffs. But this team has been reasonably healthy up until the Mitchell injury. So I don't, and they've got the experience of basically being the same team as last year. So I don't think that's any type of issue. And yeah, I think given opportunity to succeed, and if guys step into it and thrive the way uh, way Mike Conley has, um, you know it's only going to help them individually going into the playoffs. I mean, you certainly want to get you know Mitchell back for the last five to ten games and kind of reestablish him with that group. But there's no question there's an upside to you know guys being forced to play bigger roles and guys succeeding in bigger roles, whether it's Conley, Joe Ingles, uh, anybody, Rudy, go, uh, and, and Favors. Like you've, you, you give guys opportunity to to score and to do things and. It's only going to make them better in the playoffs. And Mike Conley just won an Oscar. How about that? I mean, that's, hey, you know, Mike Conley, Kevin Durant, and Kobe Bryant. How about that? That's pretty uh, cool. These NBA players are expanding their portfolios by the year. What have the Clippers figured out, Chris, 9-1 over the last 10? Well, I think Rondo has helped. Um, I don't have all the numbers in front of me on what he's done, but I think he's been uh, a boost for that team 
Um, they, they've gotten some guys back from injury. Paul George has been excellent really throughout the season. Uh, I, I just, you know, I can't get I, – I watch the Clippers, and look, they've been excellent. They've been great. I mean, I, they're fun to watch, all those things. But until they get into a playoff scenario where they're down 2-1, I just don't care. Like, I, I just – I've seen this version of the Clippers before. I've seen them – win a whole lot of regular season games when it was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, and they didn't make the conference finals. I've seen them with this group, you know, get to the, the postseason with a glossy record and then get beat again in the second round. I, I just need to see this Clipper team do it in the playoffs. And what I've said about them all along still stands, though Rondo may have changed that a little bit, that I need to know where the leadership comes from with that group. I need to know who is in that locker room when adversity hits, standing up and saying the right things and on the floor doing the right things. That, that's just consistently been an issue for this Clippers team. Now, you can make the case they're a stronger team than what they were last year, and with a healthy Serge Ibaka, I think they are. But until I see them you know, do it when they're down 2-1 in a series, I'm still going to be skeptical of the Clippers. The Knicks have caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, Chris, they've won nine in a row, nine and one, obviously, in their last ten. Julius Randle is playing on on just the next level. I guess, how real is this for the Knicks? I mean, look, we're we're three quarters of the way through the season. They're real. I mean, they've been doing it from the very beginning, and you, you can't dismiss them out of hand at this point. I mean, I, I think when you play the kind of defense the Knicks play, and I think they're still top five in the NBA. Uh, you're going to beat a lot of teams just on that end alone. And, you know, Randall, his three-point shooting has been remarkable. To me, he's the most improved player by a mile. Uh, R.J. Barrett, even though he gets a lot of grief basically for not being Zion or John Morant, uh, he has been really good with that team. And they've been able to patch some things together with that backcourt, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Derek Rose, they've been solid. Uh, so they've been able to, to find enough offense to carry them uh, when their defense is playing at a at a high level, and I, I mean they're they're they've been great. They really have. I mean I think Tibbs is going to be it's going to be an interesting uh, choice for coach of the year. Whether you like Tom Thibodeau, Monty Williams, uh, Quinn Snyder, I mean those are the three front runners for that award. But every game the Knicks win and every spot they move up in the Eastern Conference standings, uh, that to me feels like another block of voters that are going to to lean towards. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. So that's a long way of saying I think they are real. I don't know what real necessarily means in the playoffs. Can they beat a Boston or a Miami or somebody else in the first round? Maybe. Uh, probably not anybody in the second round. They've got a really bad record against Philadelphia and against Brooklyn on head-to-head matchups this year. But I do think that you know they're at very least trending in the right direction, which is something you, you haven't been able to say about a New York franchise in a long time. How much of the uh, outcome of the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to depend on the hamstring of James Harden? Uh, you know, probably a significant amount. I mean, I, I don't – as great as Kevin Durant is and Kyrie is, I'm not sure with that defense that they can beat um, Philadelphia or Milwaukee or uh, any maybe another top-tier team. I don't know if Boston's got it going enough to, to be considered in that group yet. Um, I, I think you need all three of those guys. Now, even with all three – it doesn't really guarantee anything. I mean, they you just so rarely see a team that with its core players having so few minutes played together. They've only played seven games together. and You know, the minutes have been fairly limited where all three have been on the floor. Uh, you just rarely see a team with that little time together uh, succeed in, in the postseason. And the Nets would be, you know, kind of a first for something like that. So 
I think you need all three to come back. But even if you do have it, when you get to those tougher rounds, the conference finals or the NBA finals, they may run into problems because their lack of chemistry playing together. Doesn't feel like there's much buzz around the Bucks this year. Am I just not paying attention, or are they lacking something? Well, I mean, Giannis has been injured for a little bit of this. Um, you know, when they've been fully healthy, they haven't been as as splashy, but I think they've been a little bit better than last year. I mean, look at Drew Holiday. He's had such a huge impact on this team when he's been out there. He had the COVID issue back in February, March, that kept him out of a chunk of games. But when he's been out there on the floor, he's been great for that team. And I had this conversation with John Horst, the GM of the Bucks, recently. And one thing he said to me was that, look, our record may not say we're a better team than what we've been in years past, but we are a better team than what we've been in years past. And I, uh, I, I, I believe that. I mean, I think Drew Holiday is a better playoff performer than Eric Bledsoe. I think that Giannis, another year under his belt, is going to be better uh, I think this Bucks team is very dangerous, maybe more dangerous in the postseason this year than what they've been in years past. Austin and I both, uh, when we were talking about the NBA last week, picked Miami as a dark horse contender in the East. Are we crazy? No, not crazy because they've been there before. And, you know, Jimmy Butler's proven he can take over games. Um, you know, Duncan Robinson has been something of a disappointment, but, you know, shooters like that can regain their touch at any point in time. Same thing with Tyler Hero. Um, did Miami get a little too uh, – did, did, were they a little too overinflated after last year's run? Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that Miami, you've got to find another score with that group. Jimmy Butler's going to get you buckets, uh, but is it going to be Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, or is Bam Adebayo going to play a bigger offensive role? I just I, – I worry about their scoring with that team. I think they can defend with anybody, but who is going to be that extra score with that group – uh, that's going to matter when you play Milwaukee or Brooklyn or, or Philadelphia, and I'm not sure who that guy's going to be yet. Chris, as always, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next week. You got it. Here's our friend Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, and yes, would make Jake Hatch eat his hat. That's a you know that's a pretty prominent sports media figure right there uh, talking about holding Jake Hatch to his feet to the fire that he said he would eat his hat if Kobe Lee didn't go to Utah State are you really going to uh, welch in front of uh, the senior NBA writer from Sports Illustrated that's the, the legend word he used. Chris yeah. Mannix yeah that's the word he used you don't welch now it's completely different than eating a column which yeah, just, just print some paper. have yeah. some extra fiber for the day but. right that's not a big deal but our friends at Blend Tech you ever seen their videos will it blend I where guess, they take like cell phones and staplers and they if you leave it in there blender long enough it'll blend to a liquid and then you can just drink it and that technically counts right if he blends his hat up into a liquid now does it like uh, everything i try to use in the blender does it get like annoyingly stuck to the walls and then you know the the thing just spins in the middle <laughs> you know what i'm talking about it doesn't uh but the problem i have with our blend tech is we, we live up by uh the the jets on Hill Air Force Base, uh-huh. the Jets complain about how loud the blend tech is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, got it's a, very loud. It's got a motor in there that means business? I mean, if you're trying to liquefy nuts and bolts, it it's going to be a loud does it have, thing, like, but... exhaust? Do you have to, <laughs> do you have to uh, pull the cord to start it? Just make it a smoothie. No. you got to blend the oil with it. Yeah. We have the Ninja Blender, which I really thought that I would use a lot 
I don't know why I lied to myself and thought that I would like, oh yeah, I'll make smoothies all the time. I think I've made one. <laughs> it's a similar product, the Ninja Blender. Is it? Yeah. They're not cheap either. No. No, that's what, uh, now my wife uses it all the time, so it's it's certainly worth it. But what I remember when we got it, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is going to change my life. Are you kidding? All those times I make guacamole, it's going to be faster. <laughs> yeah. Literally have never made guacamole one yeah. time. You just buy it on the shelf. I make guacamole quite a bit. Do you do it in the blender? No, I don't. You should try it in the in the Ninja. Make your yeah, life quite easier. Well. I've never even thought about that, to be honest. It's like on the box of the Ninja. Is it really? There's a guacamole recipe. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Are you serious? It's definitely in their commercial. Yeah, here I've been smashing it with a fork all these years, <laughs> and I could have been throwing it into the blender. If only I had a blender. Although, how much of an effort is it really to smash it with a fork? It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm rewiring the house or something. I mean, it's... Anywho. Hatch, you will eat your hat. I don't think you should be allowed to blend it. Oh, I, I we got to give him some way to get it done. It could get dangerous if you're eating a whole... You made a good point about the little button on top. Yeah, what, I, what goes in has got to come out, Jake. Well, you know. Not sure your digestive juices can break down metal. I don't think you can, but you can pass that. It's not that big. <laughs> I guess if kids... Yeah, okay. If it were a little bigger or, like, jagged or something, I would think it would be a little bit difficult. I want to see this happen. He could marinate it for three weeks. And make it soft? To to break down, yeah. What would you marinate it in? Something that masks the taste of a hat. Don't they say that, like, if you... Whiskey. Let something sit in Coca-Cola or something like that, if you let, like, Coke dissolves stuff? Like, maybe you do that. Maybe you sit in Coca-Cola for a couple of weeks. I did the Coca-Cola experiment with the nail where you drop a nail in the can and see how long it takes to dissolve it didn't take very long. Really? It took, a, I think, a month and a half. That's not long at all. And it was pretty much gone. Wow, that tells you all you need to know there. It was just one of those penny nails. It wasn't like a big Still, it nail, d- dissolved the nail. <laughs> That's, that is solid metal. Are you kidding? Uh, uh, there are uh, houses that are hundreds of years old that are still using the original nails. Drop it in a, in a can of Coca-Cola and it's gone in a month? And you know what that did to my Coca-Cola consumption? Didn't change it. Didn't alter it a bit, did In it? fact, I think I was like, well, it's helping me digest things. You pass it long before it's dissolving your insides. All those uh, bad donuts I eat, they're being dissolved faster. It's actually helping. Really? A month? It was It was close to two months. Still? Like, like seven to eight weeks. That's incredible. A nail? Like one of those little tiny penny nails. But a, a metal yes, nail. Yes, You know, they carry the highway patrol carries that sort of thing in their trunk to clean up blood off the freeway. Coca-Cola? Yes. Is it is a good blood cleaner? <laughs> it could also clean your toilet really well. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> oh, like man. Like the incident management truck you see? I guarantee they've got soda in there. Wow. Soda and bleach. What a terrible job, by the way. Cleaning up blood. Sounds awful. Every time the phone rings. You're not going to have a good day at work. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm incredibly grateful for the fine folks that do this said work because it obviously needs to be done. But, yeah, I don't think I'm I'm going into work with a bounce in my step. Yeah, you don't ask them when they come home, hey, how was work today? Yeah, it's, it sucks. Thank you. <laughs> it's just a, it's a degree of suck every day. <laughs> right. 
either either multiple bodies or one body, but it's there's bodies. I guess I'm glad I like my job, and and don't have to. You I don't and know. I would I, never make it. I I read <laughs> I read a kind of a funny article once about the worst jobs, and I don't even know if this is a job or not. But number one on there was cat food quality control taster. That can't be real. <laughs> Like they're tasting bowls like, of cat of food. Cat food. And can you imagine if you got like a bad one, like something that didn't pass the quality that's, control? That's that's only confirmed murderers. That's their sentence: is they have to taste friskies. How could you come home hungry? <laughs> and can you imagine? You know, sometimes you're just not hungry, but your job is to consume cat food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross! Eat the hat hatch. It's better than that. I'm sorry, sir. I don't mean to be rude here, but your your breath is a bit offensive. Oh, yeah, it's all right. I eat cat food all day. <laughs> I can't help it. See, this badge fancy feast number one employee. And, and the other thing is, is like that can't be a high-paying job, right? So not only are you eating cat food for a living, but you're probably getting paid minimum wage for the trouble. This can't be real. I, maybe it's not, but I always thought, like, if that actually exists— that's got to be up there for the worst jobs what, ever. What are you going to say? What do you mean quality for cat food? It all tastes like cat food. Well, what You're if not you, going to... It's for a cat. But what if you got a spoiled bunch or like, I don't know, some bone remained Lie. in there or something? It's for cats. Mmm, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, we got a bad batch here. <laughs> oh. It's so terrible. Oh, man. The provolone favor was a bad idea. <laughs> Do you take a lunch break? I can't, I can't talk. This is the most I can talk about cat tasting or cat food tasting. <laughs> oh, I brought a peanut oh. butter sandwich, but somehow oh. everything I eat tastes like tuna fish. <laughs> Everywhere you go. <laughs> Do you want to order something? No, thank you. I'm not. We're going to pass. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Thanks to Mannix. Why do you always smell like the sea? <laughs> I work down at the Frisky plant doing quality control. You know, we blame Gordon for getting this show off the rails, but this is <laughs> egregious. Uh, I hate my job. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Uh, eat cat food all day. <laughs> it's rough. Oh, man. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.